Now, let us pray, please. Our loving God and our Heavenly Father, we bow again this evening in that precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee, our Father, that many of us this evening can say there was a time in our lives when the Lord lifted us and when He called us long before we heard. How we thank Thee tonight for the love of God, the love of God that that our Father that uh, persuaded us and our Father, the love of God that, that prevented us from going down into a lost eternity. And our Father, for thy persevering love, how we thank thee that in love he lifted us. As we open thy precious word tonight again, our Father, and seek to speak about thy beloved Son, we acknowledge that our Father, that is not by might nor by power that it can be done, but by thy Spirit. Draw near, we pray, Father. Enrich our souls with the presence and power of God this evening. Grant that God's presence would be a reality. And our Father, that we would see no man but Jesus only. This is our sincere request, that a soul tonight, Father, if there would be any without the Saviour, might see the simplicity of the wonder of salvation and accept God's Son as Saviour. We thank Thee for bringing us together. We pray Thy blessing upon us this evening as we are together. For we ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, thank you very much for coming out this evening. It's really good to see you, and we'll really make you welcome. Thank you so much for coming out. And if you're a visitor again, you're more than a welcome indeed. Now, the announcements for the week that follows are, God willing, on Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock is the prayer meeting and the Bible study, and the study in the, study in the life of Peter. Then next Lord's Day, God willing, at 7 o'clock, is the Gospel meeting, and the speaker is Warren Carswell from Warrenstown. And again, all meetings are announced in the will of God. Now, thank you so much again for coming. really appreciate you being here. Now, if you have a Bible with you, please, could we turn to the book of Nehemiah for a couple of verses, please? The book of Nehemiah, I know it's a book maybe we maybe don't read as often as we should, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and uh, just we'll read a, uh, just read, take time uh, to read the one verse in Nehemiah chapter 2, please, Nehemiah chapter 2, and uh, we're just going to read verse 6, and it says, And the king said unto me, the queen sitting by his side, For how long shall thy journey be? And when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. How long will the journey be? And when will thou return? Now over please to the New Testament, uh, to the book of Luke, please. Luke's Gospel and chapter 10. Please, Luke's Gospel and chapter 10. And... Uh, 
We're going to start reading Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. And we'll read from uh, verse 25. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, and verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered rightly, This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, saying, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levi, when he was come, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy unto him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thy likewise. And we trust that God will bless his precious word. You know, whenever we read this wonderful story, we are reminded that we are all on a journey. And whenever we come into the book of Nehemiah, and we read in the book of Nehemiah, as Nehemiah stood before the king, and, and the king seen that his countenance was sad and he asked him why he was sad and he said that the, the city of his fathers was in ruin and he asked permission to go and to rebuild the city and the king uh, granted him permission but he said to him uh, how long shall the journey be and you know every one of us as we have said are on a journey in life and we don't know how long the journey may be. We don't know whether we'll get many years or few years, but there's one thing we know, that whenever we have started our journey, it will one day come to an end. Now, I firmly believe with all my heart that we're living in the day today whenever we can expect the Lord to come at any moment, whenever we can expect to hear that, that trumpet sound, and the Lord himself descending from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel. 
And whenever the graves will open and the dead in Christ shall rise, then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I honestly, firmly believe that we are very, very close to that time when we will hear that sound. And I can speak from my own heart this evening and the more and the longer I live in this world, the more we hear uh, and the more discouraged we become, the more I look forward to the day when we'll be able to leave this all behind and we'll be able to go and be with the Lord. And it's just wonderful this evening to be saved just to be simply trusting in God's Son. And on the journey home, on the journey home, the Lord says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's what he has asked us to do. And this evening we just want to think about this dear man, that this Samaritan, this man, as he, he made his way down a road. You see, it says as he went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And not that I would know a whole lot geographically about it, but what I'm told is it's about 17 miles from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it's all downhill. And it's... At this time, it, was, it would have been a very dangerous place, as we have read. And what that tells us right away is that we are on a journey. We started on a journey. You see, this man left the place where God's presence once was. He left the city of Jerusalem. And he was making his way to Jericho. And you remember that Jericho was a city of the curse. Remember that, that was it Joshua said uh, when, he, when he sowed it with salt uh, that the city, he says, cursed be the man that rebuilt Jericho. I think I've got that right. But you see, he was leaving the place of God's presence and he was heading to a place of curse. And he was departing from God and he was on a downward journey. And you know, that's where we started our lives. We started our lives on a downward journey. You know, we, 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 we sometimes sing this song, I was sinking deep in sin. But you know, we, we were on a journey that was taking us down and away from God. And there are millions tonight on the downward journey and they do not realize they're on it. And here was a dear man as he journeyed on this road. It says he fell among thieves. And, and they robbed him. They robbed him. And you know, as I was just thinking about it, <clears throat> it says that they stripped him and they wounded him and they left him half dead. He was robbed. I wouldn't think we ever lived in a time whenever people are being robbed this much. We have been robbed of our time. We have so many devices, so many gadgets right around the world, so much entertainment, 
so much activity, so much to do, and Satan has come in so subtly, and he has robbed millions, not only of their time, but of their souls. And you know, this evening I know these things all have a time and they all have a place. I'm not speaking against them in any way, but I'm only saying, don't we live in a time where millions have been robbed and deceived? Millions have been destroyed. And it says, you know, they stripped him. I was just thinking, you know, as we think about society today, what has the enemy come in and done? He has come in and he has stripped society of all decency. He has stripped society not only of decency, he has stripped them of, of morality. And he has stripped them of all decency in sense of dress, in sense of morality, in sense of thinking, in, in the way they act. And, you know, it just says they stripped it and they wounded him. They wounded him. And never before do I believe in the time we are in uh, that, that there was such a wicked generation on earth. And they're wounded. And, and they're stripped. And they seem to be stripped of all sense of, of respect and, and all sense of care and, and all sense of kindness. And, and there's a hardness and a coldness in the heart of man and, and, and they're everybody so self-centered. But you know, it says they were wounded. They were wounded. And there are many, I was speaking to my son yesterday and he was down in Belfast yesterday morning getting a bit of shopping and uh, he was saying that the first person he seen when he parked a car and came out onto one of the side streets, he said there was a young man lying on a pallet, he says, with a blanket over him. And he says he had lay in the rain on a wooden pallet and he says he was just soaking. And I thought to myself, well, is that not a picture of the man on the downward road? Is that not a picture of the man that has been robbed, that has been wounded, and that has been left half dead? And he says, he went round the corner a bit farther, and he, there was a young woman, and she would have a makeshift tent made out of plastic bin bags. And this is what she had spent the night in, in the middle of, Benf in the middle of Belfast. And it says, they left him. They left him. And you know, there are millions of people in our world tonight and they're homeless and they're in the grip of Satan's power and they have been wounded, they have been robbed and they have lost all sense of direction. 
and they've lost all sense of, of self-respect. And tonight, they're robbed even of the soundness of their minds just to stop and think about the things of God and eternity. But you know, we can bring it closer to home. And we can think of the people in and around Scott Street and in and around the place where we live. And we don't have to go to Belfast to find people that are robbed and wounded and that are stripped of all sense of decency and honesty. And people that are robbed, they're all around us. All around us. And it said they left him half dead. And by chance there came down that way a priest. And when he seen him, he passed by on the other side. Here was a man, we could say a religious man. And he seen a poor man in desperate need. Wounded and stripped and bleeding and, uh, and lying half dead on the roadside. And he didn't even come close to him to look at him. It says he passed by on the other side. You see, dear friend, that's exactly what religion can do tonight for the people that have no saviour. That's exactly what religion will do for people tonight that are stripped of every sense of decency and every knowledge of God and the robbed of everything. That's what religion can do tonight for the soul. Absolutely nothing. They can take a glance. They can maybe at the very best offer some advice. But there's no hope in it. There's no hope in it. I just was thinking this evening and I just said the pitiless priest. And I'm not speaking now about uh, priests of a certain religion. I'm speaking about all religion. There's no hope in them. And then it said there, there came down that way a Levi. And when, when he seen him, it, it said he looked at him. And then he passed by. And here was a man that maybe had some little sense of thought in his heart. Or some maybe was touched in some little way. But we could write above him. He wasn't a pitiless priest. He was a loveless Levi. A Levite. And he looked at him. And he couldn't offer him any help. You see, maybe he felt, maybe he felt a, a sense of respectability and, and maybe he felt a sense of pride that, that to help this man was beneath him. And it turned out he had no love in his heart at all. He hadn't enough of love to go over and to offer the man a help. And there's millions like that today. Pitiless and loveless for the souls that are going down into the lost eternity. Well, it says in verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, 
as he journeyed came near. A certain Samaritan as he journeyed came near where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. You know, it's wonderful that these other men seen him and yet they passed by. And here was a Samaritan, one of the people of the day that would have been that would have been shunned by the, the, the Jewish religion, by the Jewish people. And he would have been shunned by them. But yet when he came, he seen this poor man in all his need, and it said he came to where he was. You know, we sing that lovely hymn, In Loving Kindness, Jesus Came. My soul in mercy to reclaim. And as God looked down from heaven and seen a world that had turned to his own way, that seen a world that was filled with wickedness and violence and vileness and sinners that were lost and, and stripped and wounded. And let me say, that's the way we all were born. Stripped and wounded and dead to God. And the religious world couldn't help us. And the self-respectable do-gooders couldn't help us. We needed someone to come right down to where we were. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. You see, dear friend, the hymn writer said, he came from the mansions of glory. He came from the Father's side in glory. He, was, he came into this world. He was born in sinless perfection. He came to where we were. You see, dear friend, he took upon himself flesh and blood. He identified himself with fallen humanity. And, and he came, dear friend, out of loving kindness and pity. And he came right down to where we were. And he was, dear friend, he, he was just like us when he was sin apart. He had no sin. But he was tempted in all points like we are. He was tempted by Satan. He was accused and abused by men. As you see, he says, he came to where we were, and it says, and when he saw him. How many times can you read of the Lord seeing a need and meeting the need of the people? When he saw him. You know, the hymn writer said, he, he saw me ruined in the fall yet loved me notwithstanding all. I tell you, when you go back, dear friend, to your darkest, most sinful day, I'm not saying something you've been caught at, something in your mind, something in your heart. When you go back to that sinful, most darkest day, and yet remember that it was for sinners Jesus came. When he saw us, we could fool others. We could put on the suit and we could put on the hat 
and we could put on the, the talk and we, we could put on the show as it were. But God saw us. He knew what was in our hearts. And what was it? I tell you, it wasn't good. But he saw us and he came to where we were. Isn't it lovely tonight? Isn't it lovely tonight that he came? And here's what it says. He said, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. You see, he was a man of mercy. He was a man of mercy. And you see, dear friend, that's just what we needed. We didn't need another religion. We didn't need, you know, another set of rules. We needed someone to show us mercy. Someone to show us mercy. And you know it says, when he seen him, he had compassion on him. Oh, isn't it, isn't it wonderful tonight to have compassion showed to you? Isn't it wonderful tonight to, to realize, yes, I'm a, I was a lost sinner. But the Lord came down right to where I was. And, and he seen me. And he had mercy on me. And he had compassion to me. You see, he was a man of mercy. You see, in the world we, in the world we live in today, it, it nearly seems to be if someone falls or stumbles, well, just stroke them off the books and they're forgot about. I tell you, it doesn't work like that with God. Whenever we think of that great man, David, and we think of the sin and the mess that he brought into his life. And yet, whenever David in Psalm 51, when he prays and he says against thee and thee only have I sinned, he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and create within me a clean heart with a right spirit. And when Nathan the prophet came to him and he told David about the man with the, with the lambs, with the flock, and he says he didn't take one of them, but he, he took his neighbor's lamb, the only one he had. And David said, the man that done this, he said he shall pay fourfold. And David paid fourfold with four of his sons. Four of his sons. And you see, dear friend, whenever Nathan said, Thou art that man, you see, he just exposed David. He exposed him for what he, for what he had done. And yet that great man, that great man, and I use that word, he had the heart within him to acknowledge, he says, I have sinned. You know, that's all that God wants to hear from us. He doesn't want us to go over the rigmarole of the past. He just wants us to lift our arms to him and tell him, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus died for me. You see, dear friend, Nathan said to him that day, he says, God has forgiven you. Isn't that wonderful? He's a man of compassion. I speak about the Savior reverently. He's a, he's a Savior with great compassion. But then, you know, it says, He went to him and got down beside him. In verse 34, it says, And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. 
he went to him and he got right down beside him. Right down beside him. The others passed by with a glance. This man didn't only draw near, he got right down on the roadside. Right down, right beside him. You know, dear friend, that's what we needed. Helplessly lost, helplessly ruined, only helpless to fight against sin with a nature, dear friend, that that would run to any wicked thing. We needed someone to have compassion on us. We needed someone to come right down and meet our need right down beside us. Down from the glory, the Savior came. Down to the cross on the death of shame. Gazing in wonder, I there exclaimed, Jesus died for me. Isn't that wonderful? You see, it says here in verse 34, He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. You see, as this man traveled, He brought a supply with him. It wasn't everybody that could carry a supply of oil and a supply of wine. Well, they could carry it, but it wasn't everybody that had the means to do so. The oil and the wine were very precious commodities. And he was traveling on a dangerous road. And he was on a road full of thieves. Robbers. But he had with him what this man needed. You see, not only was he a man of compassion, you see, he says, he, he poured in oil and wine and bound up his, bound up his wounds. He, he was a man of means. A man of means. You know, dear friend, I, I didn't need... I remember working in the cream line in Lurgan and, and there was uh, two fellas and they were out on the back line and they were, they were feeding the big machine with crates and I could hear them talking one day, I could overhear them talking and one, one was a Roman Catholic and he was saying, we are the biggest religion in the world. And the other one he said, well, he says, well, uh, the Muslims are the fastest growing religion in the world. And one was, one was saying, we are the biggest. And the other one was saying, well, we are going to be the biggest and all the rest. Well, do you know something? It wouldn't matter you had them all. None of them has the means. None of them has the means to help you. You see, dear friend, what we needed was a man with oil and wine. What we needed was a man, dear friend, that could rid us of our sin and fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the hymn writer said, he, he, he poured in oil and wine, he whispered to assure me, I know thee, thou art mine. You see, dear friend, it was the wine, it was the oil to, to, to heal and the wine to wash. He washed out the filth. He washed out the filth of the dirt and the mire of the road. He washed the filth away. And he poured in the wine to heal. And he poured in the, 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 the oil to heal. You see, dear friend, when the Savior paid our debt in Calvary, he knew what it was, dear friend, to be laden with the sin of the world. 
He knew what it was, dear friend, to bear on the Osborne's filth on the cross. He knew what it was, dear friend, to sink to a place where there was no standing. He knew what it was to die for my sin. You see, dear friend, he was a man of mercy. He was a man of means. Man of means. He saw me ruined in the fall, yet loved me notwithstanding all. You see, dear friend, the moment I trusted him, oh, he washed my bleeding sin wounds. He poured in oil and wine. And he didn't leave me to fight alone. He lived within me. His spirit filled me. I was a child of God and you are too. Wonderful to be saved tonight. Wonderful to belong to a man of mercy. A man of compassion. And it's wonderful to belong to a man of means. You see the religions of this world. The best they can do for people is, is just fill them. Just fill them with a sense of duty and fill them with a sense of giving and fill them with a sense, dear friend, of, of, of performance-based. Performance-based religion. And all it does, dear friend, it brings them to poverty. You know, we need someone we needed someone with means. We needed someone to lift us. We needed someone with the power of God behind him. And when he seen us, dear friend, he came right down to the cross at Calvary, right to where we were, right into this vile, wicked world he came. There at the cross, he who knew no sin, who knew no sin, was made sin for us. The wonder of it all. He took my sin and my sorrow and he made them his very own. And he bore that burden to Calvary and he suffered and he died alone. Wonderful. He was a man of means. He met the claims of God he paid in full redemption's price. And the sinner who believes is free can say that Jesus died for me, can point to his atoning blood and say this made my peace with God. You see, he's a man of compassion. He's a man of means. He had sufficient to pay redemption's price. You know, I, my mum was telling me a story just on Tuesday evening past. She was reading a book about a young man over in America and he, he, he was brought up in a very rough area. And early on in life, he, he determined in his heart that he was going to get an education and he, he was going to come out of the place where he lived and he was going to do well. And he got a job every evening in the morning delivering papers. And one of, the, one of the calls he had to do was quite a bit out of the town. And nobody wanted this run because they didn't want the long run out on the bicycle or on the foot to deliver the paper. 
This young fella took it, and in the winter he was frozen, and in the summer he was scorched. And one summer evening he stopped on, on the way home at a house on the road, and he went up to the door, and he rapped the door, and this lady came out, and he says, Could I trouble you for a glass of water? And she went into the house, and she came out with a glass of milk. And she says to him, Drink that, she says, It'll not only quench your thirst, It'll do you good. He said he drank it and he went away. And Many years later he, he passed out to be a doctor or a surgeon. And one day he was doing the ward right in the hospital and he was reading the notes on a patient and there was a name of the road came up that he used to deliver the paper on. And when he looked at the number here wasn't it the number that he had stopped at the house. He remembered it. The kindness that was shown to him. And he remembered it. And he looked at the name. And it was the same, the same lady that had given the glass of water. And he realized she was in a bad way. And he called in a spice list. And he says to him, he says, whatever she needs, she has to get it. Whatever it, need, whatever it is, she has to get it. And he says, whenever it's all over and done with, he says, send the bill to my office. Don't let her see it. The woman got a lot of care and a lot of attention. And she realized she wasn't going to have the money to pay it. And as she got better, she started to worry about how she was going to meet the bill. One day the bill came. And she opened it in fear of what it was going to be. And there was a few words written on a blank page. And it said, paid in full with a glass of milk. You see, he was a man of mercy. He was a man of mercy. He was a man, dear friend, that had it in his heart to show mercy. Here was a man here is a man, Christ Jesus, the Son of God. You see, it says that he went to him and got down beside him and poured in oil and wine. He was a man of means. And he paid our debt on Calvary's cross. Not only that, but if you look at verse 34, it says he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And he set him on his own beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. You see, when I read this and I think of this man, and everything I think of this man, well, we can add it to the Savior. A man of compassion. He was a man of means. But I want to tell you something else. He was a man of might. He was a man of might. Whenever you would try to lift the weight of a man that couldn't help himself, it would be no easy task to lift a man completely off the ground and lift him and set him up onto his own beast. I tell you, he was a man of might. And dear friend, our Savior isn't only a man of compassion. He's not only a man with means, but he's a man of might. What's he able to do? 
He's able to take a poor, vile sinner. And he's able to forgive him for all his sin. And here's what he says. The hymn writer said, he says, he, 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 he stops the power of cancelled sin and sets a prisoner free. He breaks the power of cancelled sin and sets a prisoner free. You see, he's a man of might. People tonight enslaved. People tonight in bondage and religion and do good. People cannot help them. What do they need? They need God's Son. They need a man with might. He took a poor, vile sinner and he changed him into a child of God. Isn't that wonderful? He has the power to do it. He's a man with power. Listen to what he says. It says he came unto his own and his own received him not, but unto as many as receive him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. You see, he doesn't save you and say, there you are, I'll see you in heaven. I hope you don't stumble and make too much of a mess. He says, I will never leave you. I will be with you every step of the way. He poured in oil and wine. He whispered to assure me, I know thee, thou art mine. You see, he's a man of might. Not only that, and I'll finish. It says, and he took out two pence. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host. And he said, take care of him. And whatsoever more thou spend when I come again, I will repay. You see, he was a man of mercy, wasn't he? He took out what the man's debt was going to be. And he gave it to the innkeeper. And he says, take care of him. And he says, when I come again, I will repay thee. Dear friend, we spoke about the return of the Lord at the beginning of the meeting. Excuse me. And I believe very soon that the one who said I will come again is coming very soon. You see, the hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. My sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Not only, dear friend, does he save the soul, but he gives power to them that believe in his name to become children of God. What does he do? He comes and he takes up residence within the believer, the believing sinner. He comes, uh, you know, uh, it's so marvelous. The Lord comes to the sinner who believes. It doesn't matter his past. It doesn't matter his failures. The moment he trusts, he's a child of God. He's as well saved as Saul or Paul ever was. Redeemed by the blood of a lamb. Redeemed by his infinite mercy. God's child and forever I am. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, I go away, I shall come again. I'm looking forward to meeting him. I'm looking forward to saying farewell 
farewell. Then the, 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 the hymn writer said, And while I'm passing through the air, Farewell, farewell, sweet harper. You know, farewell to all the troubles and toils and worries and everything of the world. It's good to be saved. You know, dear friend, that's what the Lord wants for you. You would say, oh, this is something that's so hard to get. No, it's not hard to get. It's hard to pay for. God's Son paid it on the cross. Out of compassion he came. Out of mercy he died. He's a man of means and he's able to save to the uttermost. All that come unto God by him. You know, I love Romans 3.26. To declare, I say at this time, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. That does away with me entirely. I don't have to feel, I don't have to feel good in myself. I don't have to build up to a certain level of faith. I don't have to build up to a certain amount of credibility. The moment I accept God's Son as the one who died for me, He justified me. Isn't that wonderful? He justifies you. And you're accepted in the sight of God. You're clothed in all the righteousness of God's Son. You couldn't be more a child of God. Couldn't be more. He couldn't have done more. He couldn't have given more. But look, there's greater yet ahead. Isn't it wonderful? He says, when I come again. Oh, he's coming. It's good to be ready. It's good to be trusting. Maybe there's someone that'll listen to this tape or CD at some stage along the road and they'd say, I would love to have that assurance. Well, I can tell you, on the authority of God's word, here's what the scripture says. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. No maybes, no doubts, no, what about he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. That's how simple it can be. Just to simply acknowledge, yes, I'm a sinner. Religion and works cannot help me. But there came a man full of compassion and mercy, full of grace and truth. And on Calvary's cross, he died for my sin, and I accept him fully as my Savior. Upon a life I have not lived, upon a death I have not died, another's life and another's death, I have staked my whole eternity. I trust if there's anyone listening that this will be your same experience. And God has promised that he that cometh unto me, I shall in no wise cast out. Impossible for God to turn you away. I hope and trust tonight that this has been a help and maybe an encouragement or a blessing to you. And we just thank God for his presence with us and for all your attention. We give thanks and 
We just now will ask God's blessing. Our Father, we thank Thee again this evening for the precious and the wonderful living Word of God. We ask of Thee this evening, Father, to help us to rejoice in the wonder of Thy salvation. We pray and thank Thee for all that made the effort and took the time to come. We pray that Thy Word would prove a blessing to us all. Keep us looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Father, we thank thee for all that thou hast done for us. Through thy Son we ask thy blessing, and pray it as thou would give us help to sing these few verses of this hymn, and take us home with the presence and protection of God. As we give thanks for every blessing and salvation, in the Saviour's precious name. Amen.